when the slums are Shaolin. Wu-Tang Clan strikes again. The RZA, the Jizza, old dirty bastard, inspect the deck. They call on the chef. You guard, ghost face killer in the I think this is my favorite uh, song from 36 Chambers. Yeah. This ain't cream, this of course. Good. Um, I like the whole album. I was listening to it uh, today, actually. I'm a big fan of uh, Wu-Tang. And uh, this is entered the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers, yeah. Yep. Um, cream, of course, like you said, that Neck is also great. It's got that line about Spider-Man in there. Yep. Uh, yeah, the whole album's fire. It's very raw. Fat Albert. <laughs> uh, on the show, when he's recording the song, it's hilarious. Um, I gotta, I gotta watch this. Like a closet. He's doing like closet. Oh my god, it's hilarious. <laughs> he's just sitting there smoking. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I gotta wa- I gotta watch that show. Yeah. Um, it's something I know I'd like, but yeah. Wu Tang's for the children, my friend. Who's your favorite uh, member of Wu Tang? I mean, I love I love this last night with Pat. Yeah, I was like because Pat's the biggest Wu Tang fan, and uh. Outside of Method Man, I feel like that's everyone's go-to. Who's your yeah. favorite? And like ODB Bastard, of course. I'm like, I probably should put that also outside Old Dirty Bastard. ODB, <laughs> ODB is number two to most people. ODB is yeah. my favorite. I'm a big fan of. I love the uh, Bobby Digital album that Rizzo released. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my favorite album to come out of that group. I've been listening to a lot of Ray Kwan and Ghostface song. That I album like is really good. Yeah, I like um, Ghostface. That album is really really good yeah uh yeah i'll talk about the show in a little bit but uh yep. yeah that album's fantastic but uh yeah let's get to it yep let's get into it we're gonna start the week off with a couple of fat fucks things i saw so let's get to it because i'm fat fat i'm fat come on Wendy's, famous for the chili. Do you like uh, Wendy's chili? Never had it. Remember, there were rats. Not ever having it ever. I never had it either. But the reason why it came up in news this week is because they're actually going to be putting it in cans and selling it at Walmart. Um, actually, it, it may it may go uh, further than Walmart. I think that Kroger's may have it around the country and stuff. But Probably. yep, they're selling. They're going to sell their uh, Wendy's chili in cans. So. Yeah. I uh, I just recently got into chili in the last ten years, making my own. I don't like I don't like certain chilies. Yeah. Like, I don't like Wendy's chili. I don't like uh, 
certain chilies, but I do like uh, I do like the one that I make. So um, I do other... uh, chili differently, like every time. I told you last time I made chili was last weekend when we were having snow. And yeah. I added uh, Taco Bell hot sauce, and that yeah, you told me that really yep. delicious. Yeah, you told me that it's really good. Uh, the other thing that came out this week, AMC struggling movie theaters are struggling, so they're trying to come up with ways to make money outside of the theater. So they're decided to team up with Walmart to come out with not only boxed popcorn that you can microwave it yourself at home, and but they're also coming out with pre-bagged popcorn as well. They're famous for popcorn. All movie theaters are. So they're taking that and they're going to be putting it into the stores. So AMC is going to have extra butter, classic butter, and a lightly salted variations of the popcorn. Of both the popcorn already popped in the bag and stuff that you can pop in your microwave at home. So I think that's kind of cool and, I've and heard, something that should have happened I've heard, already. Uh, AMC has, I've heard people say AMC has the best movie theater popcorn. I've also heard people say it's like the worst movie theater popcorn. So it should be interesting. Um, just branding their own microwavable popcorn. Yeah. And yeah. seeing if it sells. Yeah, the best popcorn around here, Regal's not that good anymore. Um, and now Cinemagic, you get extra butter on it. Yeah, Cinemagic used to be good. Cinemagic's not around here anymore. Mm-hmm. Best popcorn around here, small little movie theater in Wells, Five Star Cinemas, yep. I think it's called. Best popcorn around, and they actually let you pump yeah. the butter yourself, which is cool. Yeah, um, so you can do the uh, trick where you put straws in it, yep. you put the butter in the straws, and you take the straws out, yep. and then all your butter is on the popcorn. And to be able to trust uh, trust the people coming in there to do their own butter is pretty significant <laughs> for trusting. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's our hot take. The other thing I wanted to bring up with Fat Fucks this week is watching clips on on Facebook that are popping up. Whatever happened to Adam Richman? Remember how huge he was about fifteen years ago on Man vs. Yep. Man versus Food? I think he did three seasons he of that. Made and all he money just... and he lost weight. <laughs> yeah, he lost he only weight. Did three he... seasons? Wow. Well, I think what happened was, if I remember correctly, he got really unhealthy from doing all those challenges, like really unhealthy, and he had to lose weight, and he couldn't do the show anymore. So they they had to they stopped that show, and he did did another format where he was just doing like taste testing around the country of different sandwiches. I think he yeah. or different things. But yeah, whatever happened yeah, to him? He hasn't been around versus food. Yeah, he hasn't been around. Yeah, they brought another guy in for that. They did bring the show back, but Adam Richman hasn't been around in a while. Maybe I think he has a Twitter. Twitter presence, but other than that, and he hasn't done anything on TV that I know of. But yeah, just always now, thinking of that. Um, I saw him at was it WrestleMania like five years ago after he lost the weight. Um, yeah, maybe I saw him on like the red carpet of one of the WrestleMania or SummerSlams or something like that um, with the backdrop of WWE and stuff like that, and everyone was saying how good he looked. But yeah, I don't think he's uh, in the limelight anymore. He might be producing and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird because yeah, he was every he was everywhere on. I think it was Travel Channel or TLC or one of those that, that show yeah. was on. But similar to whatever happened to Jared from Subway, very similar situation. <laughs> Just gotta let that settle. <laughs> gonna do a gonna do a quick teach teach race sports real quick. I had a question. This is the theme to teach race sports. We need a theme for teach race sports. I couldn't think of anything that would be original. I stole this instrumental from the Gary Shanley show. This is the theme to teach race sports. This is the theme to teach race sports. So I saw this week that the MLB Major League Baseball is coming out with new time restraints. I'm sure you know about this. Um, 
can you explain it to me? And, and, and I had two questions that kind of partake to it. Like, um, will it speed up the process of the game? And will it help the yes. game of baseball? Yes. Um, I th- think we're going to see more offense. Um, but the whole thing about changing rules of baseball is uh, people of the old guard, so to speak, don't like it when you make changes. Like when the DH was implemented, everyone hated it. Stuff like that. But the thing is, is the average time of a game last year was three hours and eight minutes. Yeah, that's that's bad. And <laughs> and people are like, well, you can't add this rule. It was never like that before. And I was listening to the radio actually two days ago. They brought this up. In 75, the average time for a game was two hours and 20 minutes. So pitchers are taking longer now because everyone's more, I mean, especially because they have all the video equipment and stuff like that, that they take more time. Uh, my dad showed me this uh, clip from the 2016 National League Division Series between the Cubs and the Dodgers. And the time between, and they put a thing in the corner of on the Astros, Jose Altuve, who's like, he's one of the faster guys in the game. They ran a loop. Him running, he has hit so many inside the park home runs. Him running inside the home run. And between pitches one and two, that loop played seven times. Huh. Between, ran the bases seven times between when one pitch was thrown. Um, so, yeah, it's been a little ridiculous. Uh, everyone's going to have to adjust. They've been doing the minor leagues for a few years now. Um, what, what everyone exactly? Just, just I can't take some time. I can't remember what the thing. What were? What exactly are the new time restraints that they're putting on the game? I can't remember the. You just have a certain amount of time between pitches. Okay, that's um, what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. And then it'll cause a strike, and I think the batter has a certain amount of time to get into the batter's box and be ready for the. Pitch yes. Also, that's what um, it was. Which is yep. why a game ended in like extra innings because it ended up in a strike three because the guy didn't get to the plate in time. Um. The pitchers were almost. You're gonna using have to it. have some really. You gotta have some really experienced bat boys also going into because the, they're the ones that get bat to the guy going into the box stuff like that. Um, the pitchers were almost yeah, using it. Their pitchers were almost using it like a taunt when they were when they would um, go between pitches. They were taking that time. Yep. Um, so they're trying yep. to avoid that. They're not not avoid it, but yeah. speed up the process because instead of I remember being dramatic about it. If you went to a a Red Sox game and Tim Wakefield was pitching. He worked really slow. So you knew you were going to be in for, especially they were the Yankees. You would be in for a three-hour game. But then you have uh, a guy that plays for the Red Sox now, Chris Sale, who as soon as he gets it back, he it back like he just boom, boom, boom. But then also he has arm problems. So is that one of the reasons why he also has a very jerky delivery? Hmm. It'd be interesting to see if this causes more issues as far as their arms are concerned and whatnot. But uh. I think it's better for the game because going to a ball game at seven o'clock and not getting out till ten ten thirty, and That's then having to take a train to park car or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, some of those playoff games when the Red Sox won the World Series that year, they'd start at seven and end after midnight when they were playing the Yankees. Jesus, like the T stations had shut down by then. So um, yeah, I think it's just going to be some time to adjust for people. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering what your thoughts about that were. Okay. Um, I mean, they, they did the thing in baseball with the shot clock, and eventually they got used to it. I mean, before the shot clock, people would just take it down the floor and just dribble around until they had no pot, and it, it was just much boring, much more boring. 
But, I mean, baseball, I think there was a game last week played. It was like 15 runs were scored, and which is another problem with baseball is not enough offense sometimes. And like 15 runs were scored, and the game ended in like two hours and five minutes. So people saw like a great game, like as far as offense goes, and they were in and out of there three hours. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Out of all sports, baseball is the most intriguing to me, maybe just because it's a pastime. Right. Well, and your father was a big baseball yep, fan. He was. Yeah. Like so. Yep. A couple weeks before he died, he woke me up. It was the night that the Red Sox won their very first World Series. He woke me up in yep. the middle of the night. Told me uh, they won the they won the World Series. So it was a pretty big moment. Um, so yeah, let's get into what we're going to talk about this week. Um, first of all, Kevin got dragged on Monday night to his very first Dungeons and Dragons I, game. I did, I did. And I had a good time. What, did, what are your initial thoughts of how we uh, we played? We played a little quick uh, game about four hours. So that first hour, I was like, what, the f- what am I doing here? It's a lot of what, learning. What's going it's a, on? Yeah, it's a lot of learning. It's a lot of- it's a decent amount of learning. I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. Um, but obviously, um, I know Justin, Adam, and Jeff, of course. So it was fun, uh, and you were there. Um, and, I mean, Justin's hilarious with the voices. Um, yeah. <laughs> and about the, once we actually got into the game, like around the, around the time the second hour began, is when I actually did start enjoying myself. Yeah, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I can see why people like do this. Yeah, I don't know if I could ever do it. Like, go to the conventions. Like, oh, you job with notwithstanding, go to those conventions also. Um, I'm sure you'd rather just keep playing with Justin, yeah. Adam, and them, I'm. I'm the type. I'm social. Like you mentioned. <laughs> like you mentioned, Justin is the type to do voices. I'm the type that's more of a problem mm-hmm. solver. I don't do any of the yeah. voices. I don't do any of the voices. And yeah. the, more, the, the most interaction I do is I try to problem solve. I try to figure out what the hell is going on. Like I'm also the level of setting the fire. <laughs> yes, I'm also the level-headed one that'll wonder why everybody's doing a lot of fuckery. There's a reason why our D and D group that we play every other Monday is called Hot Butter Fuckery because there's a lot of fuckery that goes on in this game. It's usually me. As the as the level headed one, okay, why are we doing this? And everyone's saying, "Fuck it, let's do it." And then eventually, I'll just jump in. Okay, just do it. But yeah, yeah. I I had a lot of fun. I'm glad you went in and uh, and tested out your first game. Yeah. And um, if I uh, were to do it, I would like to go to that site and create a character of my own. I think it's very easy. Yeah. A lot of fu- easy, and it would make it even more fun because you come up with the character. It's like playing a video game. It's always more fun when you create your own character. Yep, of course than it if is. You're yep. Given, you know. But uh, Justin did a good job creating. Uh, and uh, yeah, the I last the last one I created, I took. I I always take inspirations. The very first game I played, my two characters I had I had a fighter and a ranger. Both both of them were named Bill and Ted. And then I had one of them die, so I called the next one Rufus from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> and then and then nice. this 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 game we're playing. Well, the one we played yesterday, I played a character named Chuck Nitro, who was based off of Hellboy. He was a red tiefling. Um, he looked exactly like. He was. He looked exactly like Hellboy, but he threw bombs. Chuck Nitro. Um, that was that was Justin's name. That was. I'll give him all the credit for that. He came up with it. This last one I came up with is a that we're playing currently in our game now is based off of uh, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. His name is Scorpio. Scorpio Silverscale. He's a dragonborn, which is like a half dragon, walking, talking humanoid dragon. 
Um, and he and he has that that same type of weapon that, that Scorpion has. I can't remember what it's called, but the one where he can throw the uh, the knife on the end of a rope. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically you just create the character that you want. You can base it off of something that you like. Like if you wanted to ma name yours John McClane and have him die hard, die hard related and with no shoes on, <laughs> you could do that. I mean, you could do anything you want, and any there's the options are endless with character creation. So it's great. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm, I'm glad you got into. Yeah, it was it a lot and, of fun. Yeah, like by the end of it, I was like, I understand why these guys do this every other Monday night. It's yeah. uh, it's like when I play COD with the boys. Like yep. we get together for two to four hours and just play video games and whatever else. And yep. yeah, it was a good time. Yep, drink. They drink their they drink their beers and have a good time and 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 we try we try not to die. <laughs> we try not to die, so we have to build new characters. So so yeah. cool. Uh, let's talk about what we watched this week. Big episode of Last of Us last week. It was based off the DLC. Um, we mentioned it. Last of Us episode 7. Tackled Ellie's past before she uh, met Joel. Um, she's built to be a soldier in the QZ. She's built to be a soldier, almost like a stormtrooper, the way that they build them in this yep. in this QZ as a children. Um, it's almost like they go into a gym. They're, they're going in, into being built into this soldier-like mentality. Um, she ends up meeting Riley, who is a who is one of her best friends or her best friend in the QZ. Riley has been gone for three weeks, and she finally comes back one night in the middle of the night and tells and tells Ellie that she's joined the Fireflies, um, and she wants her to come with her for the night and just and just just have a night away from the QZ, away from the dorms that she's stuck in, and she brings her into a abandoned mall, um, and. You feel the mall nostalgia throughout this whole entire episode because they go from store to store, seeing these lost yep. moments in time of where like the mall like was. A dream machine. Yep, they go to a video game arcade. Um, it's a lost moment in time, but it's see the the. <laughs> it's weird because you go to the malls now in real life, and that's also a lost moment in time because half of the stores are closed. None of them are there that you grew up with that you loved. Like, like <laughs> we love Suncoast. We loved KB Toys. Um, uh, what was that one? Um, Hudson News was over there. That was one of my favorite stores over there because they had the the action figures. Oh yeah, the, uh, love the, Hudson uh, News. Yep, but yeah, all that stuff's gone. But you kind of got that same feel watching the show. Like the mall, the mall that we loved growing up is not there anymore. Um, you real and and you realize what's most important during a, an apocalypse. They walk by a soap store and they walk by a Victoria's Secret and they secret and they've been completely untouched during the apocalypse. Nobody grabbed the stuff. Everything else was gone. The electronics store, everything, the supply store is all gone. But the stuff that nobody cares about in the apocalypse was still there in the shelves. So I thought that was cool. And like you mentioned, the arcade dream machine. Fuck Did you notice it. she uh, she played Mortal Kombat two and she had a Mortal Kombat two poster on her wall. She had, yeah, yeah, yeah. She and she um, saw which I saw in the after show. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat. She she loves that game. She played it with with Riley. Um, it's a young, tragic love story. Um, Romeo and Juliet with zombies is what I wrote in the notes. It kind of reminded me of that. Um, but yeah, something happens. One of uh, one of them gets bit, and then the other one gets bit. And of course, Riley doesn't know at the time that Ellie is immune to the virus. Yeah, but neither does Ellie. You don't Honestly. you you don't see on screen what happens. 
I don't know if I don't think in the game you do either. From what I hear, I think it just kind of ends the same way. No. You're not you're not sure who, you're not sure how Riley dies, but you kind of get the gist that, that Ellie lost her because it kind of it, yep. it kind of plays at the same time as she's trying to save Joel. So you're kind of getting the glimpse like she doesn't want to lose Joel the way she lost Ellie, the way she lost Riley. Yep. Um, the yeah. show is the show is uh, so much about human interactions. Rather than tack- tackling the inf- infected in the world, in fact, compared to the games, I know you would know this more than I would. This this whole entire mall sequence had tons of infected. There was only one in the mall in the episode. I never played the DLC, but from okay. what I've heard, yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard. And, um, and, and other parts yeah. of the game as well have more infected compared to, except These, for that one episode where game, they came. Yeah. As a game, you have to be more action driven. Yes. Um, yeah. Where this show is able to just tell the story yep. and have a, and I, and I like that. occasionally show up. And I like yeah, that. I, lo- I like the human aspect of this more than I would. I mean, The Walking Dead's already done it. You don't want to copy that shit. Show the human stuff. Um, it makes it different from every other zombie apocalyptic story that's been told mm-hmm. for years. So I love that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. we got two more episodes this week and next week. Um, we are... <laughs> Going on on hiatus after next week, so we're probably going to review that as well when you come back. So, um, I watched a movie. I watched a movie on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen any trailers for it. It's called "We Have a Ghost," starring David Harbor, Anthony Mackie, and his family move into this haunted house, and David Harbor is the ghost that's stuck in the house. The question of the whole entire movie is: How did David Harbor get into this house? Um, it's kind of a mystery. I'm not going to give a lot of it away. It's 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 a decent movie, not the best movie. Um, David Harbour is great in anything, really. I mean, is it a comedy? It's a it's a black. Well, don't take this racistly, but it's a black comedy. It's a um, okay. it's got comic spots, but it's more. It's weird because it's it's very it's very for the for the new generation. You know what I mean? How how stuff kind of is built yeah. for the newer generation is very much that TikTok TikTok generation, um, but it still it still does play off for our generation. So you would enjoy it if you watched it. I think um, it's not the best thing I've seen, of course, but it's 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 okay. Um, it, ha- it has some it has some weird weird ghost tropes. I mean, what are you gonna get out of, what are you gonna get out of a movie like this? But David Harbour plays the ghost. He can't speak in the whole entire movie. Um, but he can interact with uh, the the one of the one of the sons, one of Anthony Mackie's sons. Um, but yeah, it's it's a decent movie. It's on it's on Netflix right now. It just came out last week. Um, um, yeah, they move into the house. They they meet a ghost. The ghost becomes a TikTok uh, star, pretty much, and the whole entire house gets uh, gets surrounded by by reporters and fans and people that want to save the ghost and rich and bring him to peace and bring them to heaven i guess i don't fucking know it's it's a it's a decent movie though um but the big thing that we watched do you want to talk about what you watched first or the, or the uh, big big premiere yeah, i'll just quickly run through uh okay. a couple of the middle parts of wu-tang american saga okay. um right now it looks like we're heading to the rift between rizza and the wu-tang yeah um i know Riza and his brother part ways um and i don't think they've spoken since the late 90s wow I know Divine has basically got like a $10 million buyout or something like that. He's wow. basically just been living on his boat, um, which they did a Showtime did a, a documentary about them a few years ago. So that's where I found that out. Hmm. Um, 
they find that their merchandise is being bootlegged by some kid. So they call onto the bus and the kid is like scared. Listen, they're going to just like shoot him. And they're instead they're like, why don't you come work for us? He's like, because the kid had like connections, like his uncle would drive the merchandise to different cities. And he's like, will you tell your uncle in blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> Ray Kwan, the chef, um, has a, uh, George Foreman grill and they beat the other bus driver for using it for, to like, I don't know, dry his clothes or something stupid like that. Um, Ghostface is kind of the driving force of the show to me. Um, he's got a baby mama who is divine and is his younger sister. Um, so he goes out on tour with them and also has groupies. It's kind of leading to a little bit more of a disconnect with the group. Um, it's kind of a interesting situation for all involved. Um, I think the acting is phenomenal on this show, um, especially from Ghostface. And God, who really isn't like, he's probably the least well-known member of the group, I would say, is feeling frustrated because like Meth has his album out. They have their group album out. They're working on Raycon and Ghost's album, which they end up doing a combined album. Um, and he feels like they're not even trying to help him promote his career. And he also has a, a tra tragic incident happen to him at the end of episode three or four. Uh, yeah, overall, I'm loving the show, and I'll wrap it up once the series concludes. Um, but this is the final season. Uh, okay. You would definitely enjoy it. I think there are only eight episodes per season. They're an hour long, and it's great Like how things have changed. Like Ghostface and RZA, I mean, Ghostface and Raekwon were like enemies at the beginning of the show. Like, I think Raekwon shot up Ghostface's house hmm. at one point in the first season. Um, and now to see them being like, why don't we just do our albums together? Uh, the group is being stretched in by the fact that RZA has to do all the production. So there's only so much time. Inspector Deck's entire, like, nine or ten demos that he had, as I explained last time, were washed out in the flood. So he's pretty much back at square one. Um, so a lot of interesting stuff is happening. Um, and I'm not sure how much the story has been like changed. I'll have to go back and rewatch the documentary after the show concludes to see how much has changed. Uh, but so far I like it a lot. Cool. Yeah. I'll get into it eventually. Um, big premiere of the week. We talked about it last week. Mandalorian season three, episode one, the premiere, um, very beginning you see the mandalorians battle a giant alligator which i guess is based off of a lot of this episode is based off of the rebels, rebels. show correct um there, i know there's a lot of yeah i know there's a lot of connections to that we'll get into a couple of them right now that this alligator is one of them i guess it's a creature that's in that show and th that they end up battling in the beginning and of course mando comes in with his new starfighter that he got in the book of boba fett and takes out the big giant alligator and saves all the Mandalorians that are battling it. Um, Mando is on a quest to go to Mandalore. Because he knows that he goes into these secret, sacred waters there that he can be redeemed for taking off his mask to Baby Yoda. Um, and he's on a quest and he in, during this quest he's on a quest now to restore IG-11. Who he who was destroyed in the very first season of of uh, Mandalorian. He was played by Taika Waititi at the time. I think it's the episode that he directed as well. Um, and they're going to try to restore him. That's the that's the that's the what he got these uh, little ro these little cute um, 
alien creatures to go in and, and work on. Um, during, during a sequence of this, they're going through space. And they see space whales. And I guess that's also based off of an episode of... Uh, fucking whales. Yeah, that I was the last time we saw Ezra is he left on those fucking whales. Okay. So we'll uh, I assume we're getting to Ezra and Oka. Yep. Is my guess. Um, this episode, very short episode, but there are some quick, great space battle scenes at the very end. Um, yeah. The very end, Mando goes into a Mandalorian castle who Bo-Katan is sitting in the throne by herself. She doesn't have her group with her anymore. Um... Say he's he's on a mission to restore his Mandalorian creed, a uh, path toward redemption that leads to an ancient ritual on Mandalore, and that's basically where the series is going to lead, I guess. Uh, ten episodes, yep. ten weeks. I think it'll be over in middle of April, end of April. So, got a lot to look forward to in that. Yeah. Um, I brought up to you after we watched Last of Us last week, and they're talking a lot about the mall. The whole episode was in a mall. I said, well, shit, this would be a perfect time for us to review one of the cult classics of Kevin Smith Mallrats so we're going to do a review redo of Mallrats this was Kevin Smith's second film after Clerks had a massive critical success and, and becomes a low budget phenomenon at the in 1994 um, this was Kevin's love story of comic books coming to the forefront of his sophomore outing um, it's also a time capsule of 90's mall nostalgia that's why I brought it up today um, paying, paying homage to classic 80s R-rated comedies, Porky's Police Academy, Revenge of the Nerds. You see all that in, in his in his vision. Um, Jay and Silent Bob taking a page out of the Three Stooges in this. And this is basically where they build their characters going forward. They become this com comedy duo. Um, a lot different than what they were in Clerks just standing outside of the convenience store. These are Jay and Bob playing antics and doing antics throughout the mall. Um, movie stars... Jay and Silent Bob, Jason, uh, of course. Kevin Smith stars in every movie he comes out with, except for, I think, Chasing Amy. Um, Jason Lee, in one of his first roles. He's, Jeremy he's London. Yes, uh, Jeremy London and Shannon Doherty. Um, and a fat in the in the manager of the fashionable fashionable male, a very young, uh, very very new to Hollywood, Ben Affleck. Before before he had his teeth fixed. Ben yep. Affleck. Yep. Um, before, <laughs> bef yep. Before Chasing Amy, before Goodwill Hunting, this was Ben Affleck in the very beginning. Um, Joey yep. Lauren Adams, who ended up being in Chasing Amy as well, was, I think, dating Kevin at the time or shortly after this. Um, I think during production they started dating. Okay, that makes sense. I meant to I meant to read the part on this in the book and I and the book that I have of Kevin Smith. I didn't get to it today. So I, these are all notes I just took out of the top of my head. Um, Jay and Silent Bob return. Yeah, I, I wrote creating the look and aesthetic that they would be known for for years to come. You also see Michael Rooker, who is of course got more popular in The Walking Dead, and he got even more popular as in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as um, as uh, fuck Yondu Yondu Yondu. Yeah. Yondu. Um, he plays in a TV executive who is running a television game show in the mall. Truth or Dare. He's also the dad of Jeremy London's girlfriend. Um, and his most famous part of this whole entire movie is... Say, would you like a chocolate-covered pretzel? They're a little melty, but damn, are they exquisite. Brody <laughs> gives him and offers him a chocolate-covered pretzel. 
And uh, if you've seen the movie, I'm not going to get into the specifics of this chocolate-covered pretzel, but it's pretty disgusting. <laughs> Use your imagination. Use your imagination. Um, and we talk about it all the time. Every time we talk about Boy Meets World and, and Girl Meets World and all all that World Meets World universe, Ethan Suplee, he stares at a, one of those uh, mystery eye Illusional, pictures, yeah. illusion, illusions, and he's trying to find a sailboat. Willem, what exactly are you doing? I love the scene. Looking for the oh, yeah. hidden picture. If you stare at these things long enough, you're supposed to see some kind of hidden three-dimensional picture. Oh, yeah, look, it's a sailboat. You saw it too? Damn it! What? I've been staring at this thing for a week now, from opening till closing, and I can't see a goddamn thing! You gotta relax your eyes. Everyone sees this thing except me. But today's my day. I brought a lunch and a soda, and I'm not gonna leave until I see the sailboat everyone keeps talking about. So... Willem, would you happen to know what this stage business is all about? It's not a stage! I'm going to see it if I have to go blind trying. And of course, everybody that walks by this picture <laughs> ends up seeing the sailboat except for him. Oh, well, if you stare at this poster for a few seconds, a hidden picture appears. Can we, Can we do it? Please, please. All right, go ahead. But hurry, the Easter Bunny's waiting. Wow, it's a schooner. <laughs> You dumb bastard. It's not a schooner, it's a sailboat. A schooner is a sailboat, stupid head. You know what? There is no Easter Bunny! Over there, that's just a guy in a suit! He's, he's great in this movie. Um, he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of other VUSQ universe characters. Um, tell them Steve Dave, who... Uh, Brian, Brian Johnson, and um, Walt Flanagan from Comic Book Men. I was warned about you. Take it easy before I have you removed from the Warned? Board. What the fuck are you talking about? Tell him, Steve Dave. Fuck you, fanboy. And they built the whole podcast around that. Tell him, Steve Dave. Um, <laughs> you see, you you see uh, Scott Mosier. He plays the assistant to the mall, the the uh, TV exec. Um, and you see Brian O'Halloran coming back after his his running clerks. He comes back as a new character in the dating game. Um, long hair, very, uh, very uh, preppy. Um, and the most iconic thing from this movie is the very first time that Stan Lee makes an iconic and memorable cameo, um, pushing him further into pop culture god status. Kevin Smith, huge comic book fan, reached out to Stan Lee once they found out that he wanted to do something like this and came on and did this very quick scene with Brody. Um, and uh, I have a couple clips of that. You were looking at that couple inside? Actually, I was just looking at this uh, little pink number over here. Oh, yeah, that's kind of nice. They look happy, don't they? What, the bras? No, the couple. They look happy. I guess, as far as couples go. You know, it reminds me of an issue of Spider-Man I did when Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy went lingerie shopping. Of course, the Green Goblin showed up, and he pumpkin-bombed the hell out of the place. But aside from that, it, it's pretty much the same thing. Oh, my God. Holy shit! Aren't you? Oh, Stanley. Hi. Stanley is awesome. Um, <laughs> and, and he has, he has a dialogue with Stan in, in, the, uh, in the movie. Here's a quick clip of that when he's talking to Stan in the beginning. Fantastic for Reed Richards. Can his whole body stretch? I mean, every part, you know, like his... <laughs> I know what you mean. 
We never really tackled stuff like that in the old days. I mean, what with the comic book code and all. I can't believe I'm standing here talking to you. You're responsible for the greats. Let's do the list. Spider-Man. Guilty. The Incredible Hulk. Afraid so. Oh, man, this is so cool. The X-Men. Now that you mention it. Shit, man, you are a god. Yeah, you can you can pretty much you can pretty much thank uh, Kevin Smith for putting him in that godlike status. Um, this is before he became a recognizable household name. Nobody really know who, knew who he was. Um, it was during the time of the resurgence of the animated comic book shows, like the Fox shows, uh, X Men, Spider Man, early comic book uh, comic book boom that was happening as well in the early nineties. Um, and it also was in this movie was also where Kevin Smith became his childhood hero pretty much becoming a jedi batman because those are his two loves as silent bobby did that um this was a box office and critical disaster for kevin smith um it was this it was the second movie after clerks clerks was a very very low budget movie this this may i can't remember the budget of this was but it was uh, it, it cost more yeah I know yeah. they were expecting a million and only made two million. Um, yeah, the budget was probably one to yeah. two million, I would guess, because I think it just broke even. And this was and this was promoted everywhere. I remember back yeah. when I was reading comic books; it was on the back page of all the comic books I had in 1995, probably. Um, the poster for the movie—that's where I first heard about it. Um, and it, thankfully. Kevin, this this was just a bump in the road because after this he did Chasing Amy, which became a critical darling to everybody, as far as fans, um, and of course his involvement in Goodwill Hunting became notorious as well. He, there's always been rumors that he wrote it, but he always says no. It was always Ben. It was always Matt that did that. But um, it became a cult classic. Yeah, thanks, thanks to <laughs> no, uh, it became a cult classic. Basically, thanks to where you worked, video stores. Everybody rented it. Everyone yep. saw it. Um, all, a lot of geeks, a lot of closeted geeks at the that time. The first time I saw it is when uh, I worked. Yeah, at the uh, yeah video I, I, I kind of figured I was going to ask you that where you saw it first. I kind of figured it would have been the video store. Um, I think yeah. I, the first time I saw it was um, on TV. Um, and it's just, it's just become a pop culture phenomenon. It was mentioned in Captain Marvel. Um, there's a little quick scene in that where Stan Lee actually does a cameo and he's reading a, a mall rat script on a, on a train. Um, and the very end in the credits at the after, after credits, it says Jay and Silent Bob will return in chasing Amy. Um, this is the very first time that I can remember ever seeing that this was being at the end of a movie credits being used as a trope and Marvel cinematic universe uses this all the time. Iron Man will return, or Doctor Strange will return at the end of their movies. I wonder Eternal if that. will return. Yeah, I wonder if that. I wonder if that came from Kevin. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he gets to play out his childhood. He opens up the comic book uh, roots in, in his own personal sandbox. Places in fo- places his own foot into being one of the icons of pulp culture for decades to come. And he always wants talks about wanting to make a sequel of this. I know it turned. It was going to be a movie, uh, Twilight of the Mall Rats. I think it was called. Um, and now I think it's going to yeah. be a TV show. He's been scouting it. He's been scouting out malls for it. Um, all the cast was supposed to come back. Even Stan, before he passed, he said he was going to come back. Um, but yeah, I, I I love the movie. I know you do too. Um, do you want to give it a pineapple score? It is supposed to be a review. So four. Yeah, four easily. Easily four. a four. Um, acting's not that great, but just this, the nostalgia alone. Uh, uh, what was that kid's name? JC. 
Uh, yes. London was Jer- Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy he's, London. Awful. He's fucking atrocious. He's yeah. terrible. Um, everyone else was okay for the most part, but he was absolutely awful. And then you yeah. find out that Ben Affleck is sleeping with like a 15 year old. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, it's it's a great classic movie. If you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna th- that's the problem with movies like this when we when we do our review of redos we like a lot of shitty movies some of them because this is what we grew up with. But they're just so they just they just rain into our life and our soul so much when we grow when we were growing up that we have to give them a four just because that's what it is to us. Um, if you're gonna give it to a regular critic, they probably wouldn't give it that, but. Yeah, we're gonna giving yeah. it a four. I agree with it. So let's do it. So that's it. That's it for that. Let's jump into the news. And it's not a new segment without the trailer roundup. Oh shit! First time I fucked up in a while. Um, couple of trailers this week. We'll fix it in post. Peter. 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 No, we're not. We don't fix nothing in post unless there's a big fuck up. Uh, Peter Pan and Wendy, the new movie that's coming out on Disney Plus exclusively, I believe. Um, it's going to be coming out on April 28th. I I think it's a retelling of the Peter Pan Disney story because a lot of the costumes are same as the animated movie that they did years ago. Um, it does look pretty good. I know Jude Law is playing Captain Hook. A lot of unknown children coming in that. Um, one of the girls from Blackish is playing Tinkerbell, which is getting a lot of controversy from racist, uh, racist <sighs> woke people. But, Give it um, up, people. Give it up. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it looks great. Uh, I, I, I a lot of these really are, good. yeah, a lot of these uh, live action movies that they're doing based off of their cartoon um, properties are have been hit or miss. Um, hit, I think Beauty and the Beast is really good. I think, um, I think. Uh, a lot of people say that Pinocchio was trash that came out last year, and, and Dumbo. Um, I didn't like it. Dumbo I I, wasn't good. Um, I liked Lion King, but it was maybe the same exact movie with like one added yes. scene and one song, and it really wasn't even like it was still animation. <laughs> so it wasn't even like live action. It was just a different kind of animation. The Jungle Book. I mean, The Jungle so, Book was a classic movie. The the mu- music from the original Jungle Book and having Christopher Walken do yep. Bare Necessities or. Um, I want to be like you. It's just it was just weird. I think Bill Murray did Bear Assistance. He was blue, but yeah, it, it's just it's, they just they're just weird. I think Beauty and the Beast, out of all of them, has been the best one. But um, the other trailer that came out this week, another Disney movie coming out on July twenty eighth, um, The Haunted Mansion, another re- remake reboot of this, uh, based off the ride at Disney World. I don't know if you you must have been on that ride at least once. Um, yeah, Haunted Mansion. It's a great ride for what it is. You, you go into a haunted house, you see ghosts. The very end, you 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 travel down and you look in a mirror and you see ghosts sitting behind you. Um, a lot of this movie, the tra- by the trailer, they have a lot of scenes from it that actually come right out of the ride, which is kind of cool. There's a there's a scene in it when you when you stand in the hallway when you're entering the ride, you see the room kind of rise and you see these pictures um, elongate. Um, these uh, paintings in the room and murals, and they end up going getting about three, four times longer than they were what they're supposed to be. And you see how people were murdered. You actually see this in the trailer. I thought that was kind of cool, a nice little touch. But the movie's got Danny DeVito, Owen Wilson, Lakeith, uh, what's his name from uh, from Atlanta? Stanfield. And he's, yeah, Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Rosario Dawson, 
Um, it's got a, it's got an all star cast. It's crazy, but it's a Disney movie, I so they have the money for it. Seinfeld. I do too. I like him a lot. So um, looking forward to it. I I think it may be a Disney Plus thing as well. They're doing a lot of those, so uh, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, a um, couple of Disney trailers this week. Um, and let's get into the rest of the news. Uh, Cocaine Bear. We saw it last week. Gave it a review. Uh, blew past the box office expectations. I think they expected to be about fourteen or fifteen million. It got twenty three million last weekend. Um, but it still landed in second place. Ant-Man became the, uh, number one movie. However, it was the largest second week drop of any film in the MCU ever. Um, it still, it still stayed at number one, but it was the biggest drop. I think it was 69% it ended up being a drop from first to second week. Um, and I think our review pretty much stands the reason why. It's just it, it's it's it, the MCU faithfuls are going to go the first week to see Kang, and that's it. There's there's no state steady audience going to see it week to week like there yep. was Endgame. And there's no spikes. It's just yeah, yeah, it is what it is, yeah. and people kind of know that going in. Um, yeah, a couple of other things in news. Um, the Batman, they cast uh, Can- Clancy Brown in the Penguin spinoff series that's going awesome. on HBO Max. I just announced that today. Wait for that. He's Phenomenal. I love Clancy Brown. Are there pictures missing here? Did I skip some? On our notes? Hold on. Uh, There's a, here's a peek behind the curtain. No, I guess it was just a couple of uh, a couple of um, skips in the paragraph. That's okay. Uh, just never mind that. Um, Lady Gaga is being sued. This is a crazy story. I don't know if you remember Lady Gaga's dogs got kidnapped like last year, and she and she said that, that she would. Yeah. She said that she would give a um, give a uh, a reward. I think it was five hundred thousand dollar reward for any anybody knowing what happened to the dogs. Well, what ended up happening is these people held the dog for ransom. And a lady came forward who ends up being a friend with the person who kidnapped the dog. And she went forward to the police and said that they kind of had this planned where where this lady would, would go for the reward and get her friend to and, and, and pretty much rat on her friend and, and, and then they would get the money. Well, she never got the money from Lady Gaga, so she's suing Lady Gaga. For not getting the money for this for this ransom fraud that they had going on. So she's on. basically suing because she didn't get ransom money. Yeah, that's basically what it is. She was she was she was an accomplice the whole entire thing. But yeah, it's fucking crazy. I I, I couldn't believe that story when I heard it. But yeah, she's suing Lady Gaga for that. And it's not going to go anywhere in court. I'm I'm I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure. You never know. Um, Deadpool three is scheduled to start filming on in on May twenty second. I also saw May first, but I also saw that about um. Blade and and I know I know uh, uh, Daredevil is starting very soon as well, so uh, yeah, a lot a lot of a lot of cool stuff is starting right now. Um, God, some of my notes are missing. This is weird. Uh, there's a rumor this week about Ezra Miller's Flash movie where there's a very there's a very weird post credit scene. In where Ezra Miller's Flash is lost in the multiverse, and the reason why he's going to be written off of the whole entire Flash going forward is because he's going to be stuck in the George Clooney Batman universe. Did you see that this week? Didn't I mention that last week? I might I not have, but I've heard that rumor uh, for a while. Um, 
And that how he, fitting would it be for Ezra Miller to be stuck in that universe? Because that's the most iconic, <laughs> shitty Batman. Yeah, being stuck yep. in that universe at the very end. It would be weird, but yeah, it'd be cool. Um, also, DC News, James Gunn has said that his DC Creature Commandos is almost done casting. Um, he confirmed the writer, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's one of the first things that DC's coming out with. So, um, looking forward to that. Um, Deadpool movie star... Um, I can't remember his name in the movie, but he was the Indian kid who was a taxi driver, the Uber driver for Deadpool. Um, yeah. He's joining Spider-Verse, the Spider-Verse sequel. He's going to play Spider-Man India. Um, he's going to do the voice of that. Um, a, lot of rumors nice. for that, a lot of rumors for that movie this week as well. I didn't put them in the notes, but I know the rumors were that, um, that the Tom Holland universe will be live action. Did you hear about that? And that yep. that yeah, animated yeah, Spider-Man that. will go into that? That he did film a cameo for, yeah. and that's the reason why the movie was delayed. Um, we'll have to wait and see. we got a couple more months left for that. But um, Deadpool 2's Jack Kessie, who had a very small role in it. He was cast to play the new Hellboy in the film's reboot that's coming out. Um, I am all against this reboot. I was against the last one because I want Ron Perlman to come back with Guillermo del Toro, but... I don't at this point for some reason they don't want that. I don't know why, but I, I, I think Del Toro asked for two hundred million dollars to make the film. Well, yeah, I I they, think you could. I think you could no. do. I think you could do a Hellboy movie they would have for lost a lot money. less. You could do a Hellboy movie for a lot yeah. less nowadays. He did that intentionally. I don't, I don't think he wanted to do the third one. They said, "What do you want?" He said, two hundred million dollar budget," and they said, "No thanks." Hmm. That's weird. That's what I've heard. How it went down. That sucks. Because I would love to see a sequel. It was always, it was also made to be a. It was also, it was always made to be a trilogy. Um, yeah. Uh, sucks. It's not going to be. I think it even hinted to it in, in the second movie at the very end. Hinted to what the I can't remember what it was, but it hinted to where where Hellboy was going to go after that. But um, Isabella Mercade, Mer Merced, whatever hell, however hell you say her name, um, she's in Madame Web. She's going to have a significant role in that. Um, she's been cast to be one of the principal characters in 20th Century Fox's. New adaptation of the Alien franchise. Um, I know they're going forward with that. A lot of mysteries surrounding it. Um, she's going to have a role in it, so we'll see where that goes. Um, uh, question for you. Speaking yeah. of Madame Webb, have you heard the alleged story of what this movie is going to be about? I know, um, for what I know, Dakota Johnson is um, playing the more current version of Madame Webb, not the one that we saw in the animated series. In the yeah, 90s. it's the second version. Yes. Yep. Um, but apparently, I heard actually today that one of the ideas thrown around is that it's going to be a villain from Spider-Man that can't defeat Spider-Man, so they go in time to kill his parents, very much Terminator style. Jesus. And I'm not going to lie, that would be better than whatever else they cook up, because I don't have Sony at all. But I'd actually be excited for that type of film. So they, yeah. they go back, and then all the other friends of Spider-Man go back to stop them from, you know, so that would be interesting, which is why it would be the second iteration of that character, not the first. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, John Cena, Aquafina, and Simu Liu, who played um, Shang-Chi, are set to star in an action comedy, Grand Death Lotto, for our Amazon Prime, directed by Paul Feig, who did Brides, Bridesmaids and Spy, all those uh, comedies that came out in the last 10 years, so don't mention that. Um, so yeah, they're going to do a comedy. They're going to do an action comedy. He's actually pretty good at those, so we'll see how that comes out. Um, Last of Us. The the actor who played Tommy Miller in the games, 
Um, he mentioned that Mahershala Ali was very close at one point to play Joel before they cast Pedro Pascal. What do you? What would you think if Mahershala played uh, Joel? If he ended up being being cast, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, yeah I would. I would have been. I would have been too. He's great. So, um, but I like Eric, Pedro. So I, 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 I love. I love the way Pedro plays Joel. So I think. Mm-hmm. I think it was perfect the way it was. Um, yeah. This Nosferatu movie is based off of the the black and white classic that came out in the twenties. Um, it's a remake. The cast looks great. Um, I got Bill Skarsgård, Nicholas Holt, William Defoe, who looks like fucking not Nosferatu without the makeup. Um, it's got Lily Doe's Lily Rose Depp. And it's also brought in Aaron Taylor Johnson joins the cast. So I don't know about this movie, but it does sound on paper. It sounds great. We'll have to wait and see another vampire movie, but we'll see. Um, tomorrow night, Chris Rock is doing a live Netflix special, which I'm going to watch, um, 9.30, actually, I may not watch it live, because it's at 9.30, um, but yeah, he's doing, he's doing it on Netflix, live comedy show, very first time it's ever been, uh, performed live. Isn't he supposed to address the slap? That he's been doing, that's what he's been, that's what he's been doing on stage throughout the country, so he's going to be doing that this night, too. Um, but they're going to have right. a pre they're going to do a pre-show, um, Arsenio Hall, Leslie Jones, a couple other guests on that. And then they're going to do the, the show. Um, and then they're going to do a after show hosted by Dana Carvey and David Spade. Um, they have some guests come on to that as well. So they're, this is a whole thing that they're doing here is pretty cool. Um, very first time a live, something like this is live. Usually a comedy, comedy show is edited over two or three nights of comedies recording so yeah i'm um, doing it doing and it live yeah netflix live. is also doesn't do the live thing usually anyway yeah so. yeah i think this is maybe one of the first times they've ever done anything live so i think it's kind of cool so we'll see I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to that um welcome to hawkins um based off the of stranger things it's a live stage show they're doing in london it's based it's true canon to stranger things i think the showrunners are are are, are part of it the Duffer Brothers, um, yeah, it's going to be in London, I believe, next year. So, uh, late they, late this year, it says. So, yeah, I, I don't know what to think about that. It's not a musical; it's just a stage show. So, I don't know what it's based off of or who it's based off of, but we'll see. And finally, in news, uh, Super Mario Brothers movie in the U.S. is moving the dates from April seventh, Friday, April seventh, to Wednesday, April fifth, in the U.S. Yeah. Um, can't open and, on Black Friday, or sorry, Good Friday. Can't open on Good Friday. Is that what it is? That maybe gotta get why. that extra two days. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, don't think so because I knew that before. I just want to give it two more days to get the gross before stuff comes out the weekend after. Okay. Yeah, looking forward to that movie. It, it, it's it, I after I want to get that bad '90s Super uh, Super Mario out of my out of my mouth, the taste out of my mouth. So. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll see. So that's it for news. Let's jump oh, into yeah. the... Yeah, I know. Let's jump into the Attitude Error Rewatch.
Raw's War, March 2nd, 1998, live from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, DX opened the show and officially kicked off the road to WrestleMania. DX are getting fantastic heat throughout the night. They call out Mike Tyson to do the right thing at WrestleMania. And Sean's hyping up his match with Stone Cold in this interview. Um, I'm very hyped up because I haven't seen this WrestleMania in a very long time. I know it's the end of our Attitude Era rewatch. I'm looking forward to that. Um, that's basically it for, that happened in the first hour. Second hour starts with Vince McMahon in the ring. Boo's filling the arena. And he introduces the crowd to Mike Tyson. Um, DX quickly interrupt the interview and HBK hijacks the mic. Mike Tyson, my name is not Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I want to make things real clear to you, Mike. We are not out here to disrespect you uh -oh. like Steve Austin did. That's not Degeneration X's style. But what our style is, Mike, is to call people out face to face. Uh -oh. So I am Mike Tyson, the baddest man on the planet. My name is the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, the World Wrestling Federation Champion. And what I'm doing right now is treating you like a man. But make no mistake about it, Mike, I am calling your ass out right now, right here, boy! Oh, man, man, oh, here we go! Man. You wanna do it? Let's do it right now. Here we go! You get your people out of here, I'll get my people out of here, and you and me will handle this man to man. Shawn Michaels, can you say Mitch Green? Shawn Michaels and Mike Tyson are fixed to tie it up! So HBK and Tyson are starting to square off in the ring, and then things take an interesting turn. Well, he's got some courage. He's right in Tyson's face. Tyson wants him to throw the first punch. Here, here it goes. Here it goes. Wait a minute. What? What the hell? What in the hell is that? Look at that. So yeah, Mike Tyson has joined sides with DX and is now the enforcer of WrestleMania on Shawn Michaels' side. So we all know where that leads. We all know the end of that match and Austin becoming triumphant, but this is the road to that, so... Very interesting, very exciting time. Main event, Kane versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. With Kane in the ring, DX sneak attack Austin is coming out for his match at the top of the ramp. Uh, HPK sweet chin music's him knocking him out. Um, Shawn Michaels standing over him doing crotch chops. Um, and then they go to the back. Austin chases him out of the arena. Um, Paul Bear jumps on the microphone asking for a 10-bell salute in the memory of The Undertaker. After uh, Kane choke slams and tombstones the bell, the bell ringer, um, a coffin shows up at the top of the ramp. A lightning bolt explodes the casket, and the Undertaker comes back to life. I am the most feared entity in the World Wrestling Federation. You will understand why. I am the Reaper of Wayward Souls, and you will understand why. I 
am the Lord of darkness. There's one that I want you to think about between now and WrestleMania 14, March 29th. I want you to remember when we were small children and we would begin to fight. Mother and father were always there to pull me off of you. Well, this time, there won't be anyone to save you. May the hounds of hell eat your rotting soul. And you will rest in peace. So, yeah. Months and months since the Hell in a Cell match where he attacked him. This is the culmination of that. WrestleMania. I believe it's an Inferno match, correct? The, at WrestleMania? I think so. Fire surrounding the ring or was that the next month? I can't remember. I, I think know, that I was know SummerSlam. They... Okay, yeah, I can't remember. I know SummerSlam is the I, title match. It, yeah, it might have been in your house. Then it might have been the next month. Okay. I don't think their first time in the ring was an Inferno match, but it might have been. I know I've seen it, and I, that's the only match I saw around this time. So I, I, saw, I saw that on tape. So maybe that's I don't know. I can't remember, but yeah, that's going to culminate at WrestleMania as well. So WrestleMania card starting to build, starting to get a good build. Uh, a couple more weeks left of that, and that's it for the Attitude Era, and that's it for the show. Um, we were going to review Creed three, but we got a snowstorm coming in, so we're probably not going to be able to do it till next week or the week after if we put it if we may put it out when you're on vacation. But we'll see. Um, we do want to see it. Uh, we are going to review Scream 6 next week. We're going to review the Chris Rock's live uh, Netflix special and also um, um, History of the World Part 2 comes out. I'm going to try to review that as well. Um, so, yeah, that's it for the week, and thanks for listening, and we will talk to everyone next week. Peace. Hi. Hey. hey, you know, I think he bought it. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. What kind of story did you give him? Oh, it was the vulture soliloquy, you know, from the Spider-Man anniversary issue. Love, be a vulture tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough, Mr. Oh, forget it. But, you know, I think you ought to get him some help. He seems to be really hung up on superhero sex organs. But I'll you'll outgrow it. it.